2: The Adams family. There we go. Thank you. That's the appropriate way to start this one. It is the 30 something movie podcast, and we are talking Adams family values from 1993. This is episode 485. Adam's family values. The funny part about this one is in my notes, I have referenced it as AFV. So I got to make sure I don't actually accidentally say America's funniest videos. Um, (laughs) Every time I talk about the name of this movie, but we'll, uh, I like to give myself a challenge. We don't want things to get stale after 485 episodes. Speaking of not stale, I have just the, the cream of the crop here with me tonight. I've got Pat Canigallo. Pat, how are you doing? Great. Hi everybody. Pat, the people at home can't see this, but you're sideways.
0: I am sideways because I'm 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 on only a phone tonight, so I'm like looking oh, up something at a about the movie and podcasting and all that kind of stuff. So, I just um, I just thought
2: you hadn't had your V8 today. I have not had my V8 today. Oh, okay, should have right. had a V8. I've, yeah.
0: I was going to say that's fitting for the movie, but I don't know. Did the Adams family do like the sideways camera thing? I, I guess they didn't.
2: No not they I recall, didn't. recall anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Are you, are you thinking of Batman so climbing at, up the side of a building?
0: Yeah. Batman no, okay. or like how the bad guys in Batman always had like the slanted screen. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know. What I'm, uh, luckily you edit these things so well, you can just take that right out.
2: The, I do what? <laughs> <laughs> Pat, they're called I, They're uh, called Dutch. I, um, I don't think
1: you know the <laughs> words. that I don't think the words mean what you think they are meaning.
2: The, the camera angles you're referring to, I think they're called Dutch angles or, or Dutch ovens or something like that. I think a Dutch oven is something else, but I'll is it, just okay. leave that there. Isn't that like when okay. you go on a date and each of you cook something? That's it. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I got you that figured right. figured it out. Yeah. It took a little <laughs> processing, but it's, it's, it's late and it's a weeknight, so...
0: There, there was concern about this, this episode going off the rails, but I don't know that it necessarily even got on the rails to begin with. So
2: if you don't, if you don't put it on the rails, Pat, it can't go it off can't, the rails. It, it right. can't go
0: off then. All right. Minute. We're at the 36 minute second mark and we're already talking about Dutch ovens. Right. So, it's, I mean, it's kind of.
2: Welcome to the 30 something movie podcast. Bo, how are you doing, buddy? I'm well, John. How are you? Good. I am excellent. We're talking movies, so I'm I'm always good when we're talking movies. And excellent. So excited to have Rob Perry back with us again. Rob joins joins us a couple times a year or so to talk horror movies and sci fi movies, and you you hop on when we've got some of your favorites on here. But and any folks that want to hop over to Patreon, if you're not joining us over on Patreon, we earlier tonight we did a recording of the episode for Crawl from 1983. So if you have if you love that movie, if you've never seen that movie. Head on over to Patreon. Join us on Patreon over there so you can get access to that bonus episode because that movie is awesome and we had a fun time talking about it. So, but Rob, so happy to have you here with us again for another Adams Family movie.
3: A well, lesser of the Adams Family movies, <laughs> but yes, an Adams Family movie nonetheless.
2: Okay, all right. I'm I'm actually glad to hear you say that because I had some opinions about this movie, and then after I formed my own opinions, and I've seen this movie several times before anyway. I went online and started to look at other people's opinions, and I was like, did we watch the same movie as the people online? Because they seem to like it more than the first one, and I have different opinions. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. That makes me feel a little bit better that I may not be the only one who, as I'm reading things and people are like, oh, this is the far superior of the Adams Family movies. I'm like, oh, okay. You are not alone, <laughs> sir. Okay, good, 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 good.
0: See, I'm trying to be nice because we've got a guest. I so much wanted to say, well, it, it, at least it's not like they killed off all the main characters in the first 30 seconds of the film or like they do with some sequels. I but I thought, it. you know what? It, I, I just got to be careful because, you know.
2: Pat, I love it when they do that. Yeah. I love I know. it when you go. I, I, know, I, 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 wish, I wish every movie would kill off most of the supporting characters in the first 30 seconds of the movie. That's right. That's, God, I, That's I'm just right. I'm trying to think of That's- how many movies would be made so much better by doing that. I don't know. Forrest <laughs> Transformers
3: gum. the movie didn't scar any children when they killed everybody off.
2: Exactly. <laughs> right?
1: That's
2: right. That's I mean, right. think, think hey, how hey, much see, better, see, Pat, uh, think just cycling back. They, Welcome,
0: Rob. John, no, I'm sorry. Did I they cut across you? No, I was
2: just saying, think how much better, like, the Lord of the Rings movies would have been if they killed off just everybody except Frodo in the second movie. And, or, I don't know, like, Top Gun. Imagine if, like, in the 30 seconds, first 30 seconds of Top Gun, they just killed everybody other than Tom Cruise. Right. I mean, Cause, cause I, I cuz the when message they do that in the movie.
0: would be it doesn't matter what you do to maneuver the plane, the missile will always get
2: you, exactly. right? Isn't that kind of the Exactly. Even when you win, you lose, Pat. <laughs> that's
0: right. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh, well we brought in the Leviathan last, last time, so I can't imagine right. what, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Seriously though, cycling back, welcome Robin. My gosh, thank you so much for just the support of the show, your friendship. And it's just always great to talk w- movies with you. So thank you so much for, uh, for being on here tonight. Cause it's going to be a lot of fun.
3: Thank you guys for always providing a very good listening experience. And you guys have a lot of fun here. I'm glad to join you in the fun. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you so much.
2: And, and this is my opportunity for a couple hours, just to stare in jealousy at everything you've got on the shelves behind you. Right. <laughs> Like I want that statue and that movie and yeah.
3: Yeah. My, my wonderful brother-in-law got me that new Wolverine all the way on the end. Oh, and it's nice. Wolverine from the Claremont era yes. standing on a, a, a bed of skulls. It, yes. It's, it's a lovely statue.
2: That's awesome. Make a note of what to get Pat for his birthday. Mm-hmm. There we go. Okay. Note to self. There we go. Cool. That's awesome. Got to figure it out now. Guys, it's Adam's family values. It's the mm-hmm. second of the 90s Adams Family movies with this cast. We're going to just dive right on into the trivia pursuits part of this. If you If this is the first episode you're joining us on, we break the episode down into trivia pursuits where we give you a little bit of background info on the movie, the cast, the crew, some production information, a little bit of trivia. We give you a quick synopsis. We have broken the movie down into 10 major moments to kind of do a quick flyby of the plot. If you haven't seen it and you don't care about being spoiled or if you haven't seen it in a while and just need a bit of a refresher, then we jump into some deep thoughts. And we talk about kind of more of our opinions on the movie and things like that. And then we typically end things off with our three questions, which are most often loosely related to the movie that we're talking about. And we've got some fun ones tonight. So it was, I will say, and I won't, I won't spoil what the three questions are at this point. These three questions were a little tougher to ask my family at dinner because it was a little awkward to ask the kids a question about medieval torture. So I'm sure... Sure. I'm sure it won't surprise anyone to say that one of my children immediately was like, oh, well, my favorite is. It shouldn't surprise anyone. So. No. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I raised them. So, well, Trivia Pursuits. This one came out November 19th, 1993. Oh, just in time for Thanksgiving. So does this count as a Thanksgiving movie? Does now. No. <laughs> but it has a Thanksgiving scene in it. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So this one will go. Right trying up to there. say something, John. <laughs> I don't know. Um, this one goes right up there with planes, trains, and automobiles. Then I guess. So November nineteenth, nineteen ninety-three, rated PG thirteen, ran for one hour thirty-four minutes. Directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, who did Men in Black and Get Shorty. Writer was Paul Rudnick, who did In and Out and Jeffrey. Producers were Scott Rudin and David Nixey. Rudin did the Truman Show and Clueless. Nixey did the Mighty Ducks and National Lampoon's European Vacation. Composer was Mark Shaman, who did A Few Good Men and The American President. Cinematographer was Donald Peterman, did Men in Black and How the Grinch Stole Christmas from 2000. Editor was Arthur Schmidt and Jim Miller. Schmidt did Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, and Forrest Gump. Jim Miller did Captain America, The Winter Soldier, and Captain America, The First Avenger. Budget for this one was $47 million. Box office was $48.9 million. So I don't know that you can call that one a success because it, in terms of box office and budget. It just, yeah, it broke even, but that's probably not even factoring in all of the advertising and everything else. So I doubt they would call this one a success. Score gives it a B plus, B+, and Flickmetrics gives it a 67%. Angelica Houston portrayed Morticia Adams once again. She was in The Witches and Prizzi's Honor. Raul Julia, who died in 1994, I believe this was the last movie, that he made before passing away. I know that Street Fighter came out after he died, but I believe this was the last movie that he made, if I remember correctly. He played Gomez Adams. He was in Presumed Innocent and, as I mentioned, Street Fighter. Christopher Lloyd was Uncle Fester. He was in Back to the Future and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Joan Cusack played Debbie Jelinski, she was in School of Rock and Working Girl. Christina Ritchie played Wednesday Adams. She was in Casper and Sleepy Hollow. Carol Kane played Granny. She was in Scrooge and the Princess Bride. Jimmy Workman. And. And. And Strange New Worlds. I know! Okay. I love it! <laughs> Jimmy Workman played Pugsley Adams. He was in Black Sheep and As Good as It Gets. The twins that played Pubert Adams were Caitlin and Kristen Hooper and they have not been in much other than this movie. Carol Strickland, Stricken played Lurch, was in Men in Black and Star Trek Insurrection. David Krumholtz played Joel Glicker. He was in 10 Things I Hate About You and Harold and, Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. And Dana Ivey played Margaret Alford. She was in The Help and Two Weeks Notice. So a few quick trivia things on this one. This was the final film of Raul Julia released before he died on October 4th. I'm sorry, October 24th, 1994, at the age of 54, Street Fighter was released two months posthumously. Carol Kane, kind of a funny one here, Carol Kane, who plays Grandmama, is almost a year younger than Angelica Houston, who plays her daughter Morticia. Mm -hmm. After the wedding reception, Gomez is seen making a bottle for pubert with strange ingredients, making a supposed hangover remedy called a prairie oyster. This includes vodka, Worcestershire sauce, and a raw egg. Then they have the funny line of Gomez giving it to Pubert and says, hair of the pup. So I thought that was kind of a funny one. He's wearing sunglasses too. So obviously they had a, it was a rough night after the wedding for all involved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's see. What else do we have? There is a, there is a comment in here when, when Pubert is quote unquote possessed and his hair turns blonde and you know, his, his nursery looks normal and they freak out because he could grow up to be a lawyer. Well, apparently in the, and I had kind of forgotten this, apparently in the original Adams family TV series, Gomez Adams was an attorney. I guess that was his, his profession. So, oh, and then the, the last trivia thing I've got on here. And if, if anybody else has got some, they can throw some out here. But the last one I have, one of the adults at the summer camp addresses another person as Buffy by the name Buffy. Mercedes McNabb, who is played by Amanda Buckman later. I'm sorry, Mercedes McNabb, the actress, plays the character Amanda Buckman. She later played the recurring character Harmony Kendall on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mercedes McNabb also played the Girl Scout in the first Adams Family movie, which is one of my favorite lines of the movie. Is your lemonade made with real lemons? Are your Girl Scout cookies made with real Girl Scouts?
1: Girl Scouts? Love that line.
2: Uh Uh-huh. So good. All right, I'll give you the quick synopsis. We'll do the major moments rundown, and then we will hop on into our deeper thoughts on this one. As I'm running through the major moments, you guys, if you have anything specific you want to comment on with regard to the plot of the movie or anything that I mentioned, feel free to, to go ahead and interrupt there, but we'll, we'll fly on through those major moments to, just to give everybody a recap. So we'll synopsis, and then I will throw in the trailer audio here too so we can get reacquainted with that. In a world where odd is ordinary... The wickedly charming Adams family faces their gravest challenge yet. When a sinister nanny with a deadly secret targets their fortune, it's a race against time for Gomez, Morticia, and the children. Can they unveil her murderous plot before it's too late? The Adams family is back, and death has never been so much fun. Gomez. Caramilla.
0: Marvelous news. I'm going to have a baby.
1: Right now.
2: Are you in unbearable pain,
1: my darling? Is it torture? We. Oui. It's a boy. It's a girl. here. What news, father. What is it?
2: It's an Adams. Do you think we love the baby more than we love you?
3: Yes. <laughs> These men. where do you find them? It has
0: to be damp. We're not shy. We're
1: contagious.
0: I think their whole family's like some weird medical experiment.
1: Are we late? An
0: One house, three children. Mm-hmm. So many windows. You still desire me after all these years?
3: Forever.
2: Our whole family, together at last. Good show, old man. Uh, We start off with Gomez and Morticia. Well, obviously, as we heard from the trailer, Morticia is going to have a baby right now. Um, and so have the baby, baby is born, and they end up having to hire a nanny because they kind of realize that the other two children are, I don't know, trying to kill the baby. So that's usually the point at which you need to hire a nanny. So they hire Debbie Jelensky as a nanny for Pubert, unaware of her serial killer past, and they end up sending Wednesday and Pugsley to Camp Chippewa after some failed attempts to harm the baby, and Debbie manages to convince them that the children want to go to camp, and kind of arranges that whole thing. Debbie seduces Uncle Fester. Wednesday becomes suspicious of this, but to cover this up, like we said, she manipulates the parents into sending the kids to summer camp. When they are at Camp Chippewa, Wednesday Pugsley and Joel are singled out for their unusual appearance and behavior, and we can tell that Joel has a little bit of a crush on Wednesday there. Esther and Debbie get engaged, although you can tell that, obviously, Debbie is just in this for the Adams Family fortune, of which she can get some access to through faster, and she has a tendency for her husbands to disappear not too long after getting married. She does unsuccessfully try to kill him on their honeymoon. I did want to say that of the... And this gets a little bit more into the opinion section of things, but of the things that, while I didn't enjoy this movie as much as I did the first Adams Family movie of the things that I think this movie does do well, it does do well some of those things that were the very much the Adams Family-isms from the first movie. Like, there's plenty of that. There's plenty of moments of, like, when when she's about to... The fact that they would be blissfully unaware of the fact that she's holding a boombox while he's in the bathtub, and she's about to throw that in there while he's taking a bath, and, and he doesn't even have a second thought about that. You know, some of those moments... It's, it's still, it's on par with what I expect from Adam's family type stuff. So that part and some of those parts I did enjoy. I thought they did do a nice job with some of those things. Overall, and we'll talk more about this in a little bit, I, I do like the first one better. But, you know, I thought they did a nice job with some of those. I always enjoy Wednesday and Pugsley in these movies. I always think that's probably, probably the highlight of the movie when I'm watching either one of these. Bester, at the request or demand of Debbie, cuts ties with his family. Because of the stress of this, pubert physically transforms because of this disruption. Gomez starts to become depressed because his baby is now blonde-haired, blue-eyed, looks like a normal child, and the nursery is all bright, and and, uh, the baby loves Dr. Seuss now. There is the Thanksgiving play rebellion at camp forced into a Thanksgiving play at Camp Wednesday, initially pretends to comply with everything, but then does lead a rebellion and pretty much captures the camp counselors and sets everything on fire. Before they escape, Wednesday and Joel do share a little caramia and a kiss. Debbie attempts several times to kill Fester, tries to blow up the mansion, later points a gun at him. Thing does help Fester escape, and the family begins to reunite. Debbie captures the family, strapping them to electric chairs as she is about to electrocute them. Pubert connects some loose wires, causing the current to kill Debbie instead. Family celebrates Pubert's first birthday. Fester becomes smitten with dementia, a new hi- new nanny hired by cousin It and his wife. And then finally in the graveyard, Wednesday, reflects on Debbie's inadequacy as a killer, hints at her darker intentions, and scares the whatever out of Joel as a hand pops up out of the grave and obviously Wednesday is smiling because she's just having so much fun with this.
3: And now Deep Thoughts.
1: I have an opinion on this matter.
3: Don't mince words, Bones. What do you really think? I like it a lot. Wow. It's very deep. Thank you aside from some of the problematic elements of the thanksgiving massacre scene <laughs> that is my favorite scene in the movie yeah problematic being that wednesday does this very good diatribe about how the thanksgiving was the beginning of our the, the new the new world settlers coming over and vanquishing and destroying indian culture and people literally and all the kids dressed as Indians start doing all the stereotypical Indian right. and everything. And right. I was like, <laughs> You almost had me there. You almost had me there. That, that, while that being my favorite scene, and I haven't seen this movie in years, and rewatching it again last night, I realized why I had not revisited it as much as the first one. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I second what Rob was saying. I was going to say that was one of my favorite scene as well. And it's funny that exactly what you described, I feel the same way. And I, I, I wonder if almost that's, it's like, like you said, they almost had it there. And I'm thinking 30 years ago, that would have, I don't know if I would have said, that would have been a bold statement, but I mean, that would have still been a statement if you're talking Thanksgiving and painting it in those terms and all that. So it was almost like, okay, that, that was a good step. Now go the, Further thing and not have the kids doing the woo and all that kind of thing w- would be something that if that movie was released today, maybe that stuff would have been, would have been, you know, removed from it. You know what I'm saying? It, but it was looking back 30 years. I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think like, if that would have, you know, people would have been like, Oh wow. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't know that Thanksgiving was necessarily looked at with that more accurate eye or critical eye okay. 30 years ago. But I, I hear and I agree exactly what you're saying in, in all the same things. So I have been a daily double on favorite scenes with Rob there.
2: I don't know I don't know if this speaks to my twisted nature, but I'm watching that scene and, and kind of had the same reaction. I was like, oh, we got so close. And and then we went right into the stereotypes. And I, in the back of my mind, I thought what I would have done if I was a writer is I would have had Wednesday, I don't know, Give them some diseased blankets and have them oh, go that shoot. route. <laughs> and I don't know. That seems like an Adams, Adams family kind of. It's a little social commentary. It's also a very mm-hmm. Adam Wednesday Adams thing to do. Like, huh? Maybe. I don't know. In my little revised version in my brain, maybe that's what they do instead of burning everything down and.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, and making them look like savages.
2: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in, instead, play <laughs> up the play up the historical irony of it all. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but the the other my other favorite scene leading up to that is when Peter McNichol locks all the kids in the cabin and makes them watch Disney movies on 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 nonstop. Mm-hmm. That was funny. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yes, it was. Random question: This is not part of the three questions. What Disney movie would you not want to be forced to watch if you had to be locked in that cabin? Old Yeller. <laughs>
3: indeed
2: oh yeah that's a good one. well played sir yeah yeah that is a good one
3: don't even have to hesitate on that one yeah and be a rough watch Bo do you have a a, a favorite scene <sighs>
1: it's funny he, he sort of took took mine I was the the way Wednesday presents herself as Pocahontas, like the start of that whole thing is Mm -hmm. just so perfect. But Mm -hmm. because we've already talked that scene through, I think it's when the, it's the, when the baby's born and you watch Wednesday and Pugsley go through this, this sibling rationale about the new baby that, Is often joked about in movies, right? New baby comes in, uh, older siblings feel left out and whatnot.
2: And one kid has to die.
1: Adam's twist on it, right? It's the fact that, well, we're not just feeling left out, we're feeling left out, so we're going to kill this thing. Like, (laughs) that's what about the Adam's family in all its incarnations is so fun is the way they take normal, everyday stuff and then just three up it, you know, it's, <laughs> we're not just mad. We're going to blow you up. Like it's, it's that. So well, I think that i mean taking something as normal as sibling rivalry and angst of the new baby and pff, Adamsing it up, I think is what I like.
2: Well, and you, you even take that scene where they're talking about, it's not just the sibling rivalry, but where Wednesday introduces the idea of, well, when a new baby is born, one of the other children has to die. Right. And and and, and Pugsley like goes like really? You just and then have goes to. along with it. But then what I love is because you know she or as an audience, you're like, Yeah, she just made that up because she wants to try to kill Bugsley, as she has always wanted to. Every um, day. Every single day. But then you take it further, and then when the parents confront them and they're like, Do you think that we love the baby more than you? Yes. Yes. Do you think that one of you has to die because the baby has been born? Like the parents didn't know they had that conversation, but they're like, is this what you think? And they're like, yes. And was it- So is that
1: them knowing their kids or is this some sort of Adam's family policy?
2: Well, that's, that's what makes it even funnier because you think then as the audience, you're like, oh, well they know their kids so well that that's what their kids are thinking. But then what I loved is Grandmama takes it a step further after they ask that question. they Do you believe that one of you has to die now that a new baby has been born? Yes. And then doesn't Grandmama say, well, that's not true anymore? Not anymore. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. like as the audience, you're like, okay, Wednesday made that up. And then you get to the parents who are like, okay, well, Gomez and Morticia, they just know their kids. They know Wednesday so well that sh- they know she made that up. And then Grandmama says that, and you're like, oh.
1: Oh dear! No, maybe
2: that is a family rule. Never mind. Never mind. So it's. <laughs> I'm know,
1: just gonna step back.
2: It's when they do kind of the long con with some of the jokes, and they do that type of stuff. That it's that's mm-hmm. when it's it's funny. Is when you you get into those kind of things. I think my favorite. I I do enjoy a lot of the different camp scenes. I, I mean, I could. I could probably just watch if you wanted to just put a a movie on and have all of the different instances of Christina Ricci playing Wednesday Adams, I could probably just watch that. And that would be enough of an Adams family movie for me. You know, all of her little things of I can't swim all of her, all of her stuff at the camp. I pretty much every comment she makes in the whole movie, like she was an amazing, I think she's a a great actress now, but I mean, as as a child actor, the, how she's able to pull off this part in both of these movies, Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values, she does an amazing job as Wednesday at, at the age that she was at making these movies. And I think I read an interview somewhere where she was like, yeah, I just grew up in a really sarcastic family, so it kind of came easily to me. I'm like, yeah, yeah that makes sense. You you, you you, do it very well.
0: And the well, stork comes, and that puts the diamond <laughs> in the bottom of the patch, and then the da 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 da, and then that comes up, and that da da. And agenda, da, da. Okay, Wednesday. How? Where do you think babies come from?
3: Our parents ca- had sex. <laughs>
0: I know with the camera pushing. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Oh man, it, it, and it and it is. It's just. But, but I think, and you, one of you guys said it earlier is that. Yeah, there's a sarcastic thing there. Yeah, but you're also it's deeper than that because you're seeing not as social commentary is the wrong descriptor, but you're seeing kind of a, a counterpoint to maybe the, the general consensus, right? Like, Oh yeah, we all want to just talk about the stork and all that kind of like sex. Well, we all want to have this, this first Thanksgiving camp pageant and And as we said, there's a problematic nature to the way it was in the film, but like Wednesday's thing is kind of like a, well, it wasn't all this way. You know what? I mean, it's kind of a dose of historical context wrapped up with the revenge, right? Maybe it's blunt. It's blunt. blunt. Yes. And it's, it's, it's made even more so because everyone sitting in the audience is making incredibly bigoted and stereotypical comments. And I mean, when they go down the line and you see all the kids that are going to be made to be, you know, not the pilgrims, and, you know, the guy doesn't even get the name right, I mean, it's it's humorous and it gives you cause for revenge, Adam style and all that, but like you said, there's, there's blunt commentary and uh, it's just so well done.
3: Yeah, of of my of my criticisms of the movie, the, the the one thing like that John touched on, the best parts of this movie are is every single scene with Wednesday. They they clearly saw the first movie and saw everybody's reaction and said, when we make the sequel, Christina Ricci has to have a bigger role. We have mm-hmm. to give her more to do and we have to give her more lines. She was the best part of the movie by far. However, by doing that. They sidelined Christopher Lloyd and Raul Julia and Angelica Houston in the process. Mm -hmm. That's my biggest thing. They had a really good mix in the first movie of everybody. Am I upset that they gave Wednesday a lot more to do? Not at all. But I really felt that Uncle Fester was such a big part of the first movie, and he's supposed to be a much bigger part of this movie, but he doesn't feel like it. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what I wonder if any of it had to do with the timing for Raul Julia too because I know when we talked about Street Fighter we talked about how sick he was and if this is right around the same time
2: yeah I mean I, I think part of it in, in some of the things that I read the uh, the director Sonnenberg or Sonnenfeld was like I really love this pubert character like we gotta have more of the pubert character in here I'm like do we really I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's I I feel like it's it suffers from the same thing that some of those like early superhero movies suffered from. It's like, well, in the last movie we had one villain. Now we have two villains. That'll make it twice as good. Well, no, 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 no. There is, I don't know if you've heard, there's this thing called the law of diminishing returns. And maybe sometimes the more villains you add, or sometimes the more characters you add, you, you don't get, the same strength as what you had before, and I, to Rob's point, like that's exactly how, how I felt watching this movie. Is I was like, why do all the adults? Why does the majority of the Adams family feel like they're in the background of this movie when they should be front and center? Why did we need to add a new baby? I mean, you could have, you could have had Wednesday continue to try to kill Pugsley. We don't need to add a new baby into this mix. You know, there's mm-hmm. already sibling rivalry, so that's not necessarily it. With as much as they, as much as the, the kids are trying to kill each other, you already have a reason to hire a nanny, or you can have some other reason to hire a nanny. You don't have to have a brand new baby in the family, or, or maybe, I don't know, maybe Joan Cusack's character comes in some other way. She doesn't have to be a nanny. You could have some other way of doing it. I say all that, but I do also want to say I did absolutely love Joan Cusack as the villain, In this movie, I thought she did. I mean, I I like her in so many of her other movies, but I she was, I think, the one of the perfect Adams family villains that you could have possibly had, like her whole and and her whole reasoning. She I think she was I think she was already a member of the Adams family without knowing it because of her whole reason of, well, it wasn't Malibu Barbie. It was Mm -hmm. that I mean, that being her whole reason for becoming a serial killer. I'm like, that fits absolutely completely with the whole shtick of the Adams family. Like Mm -hmm. that. I think that's perfect. I think that's great. And she, she is just enough quirky over the top. You know, if she had a mustache, she'd be twirling it kind of a villain for this movie. So I, her part, I absolutely loved. I would have, if I was making this movie, I would have pulled back on adding the new baby I would have found some other way. I, I probably would have tried to balance it out a little bit more. Send the kids to camp. That's fine. You can put them in all kinds of different situations where they're tormenting other quote-unquote normal children. That's fine. And, and that part has plenty of funny moments. I thought they missed a great opportunity to have Peter McNichol tell everybody that he just wants them to know everything they're doing is wrong. Like, I thought that would have been great to have that moment in there, but they chose not to. They didn't consult me, mostly because I was 12 at the time this was being made, but I would have put that in there. But, yeah, that, that's kind of my thought on it, too, is you've you've sidelined these amazing actors, Angelica Houston, Christopher Lloyd, Raul Julia, these are amazing actors, and the kids are great, but why would you have these people in this movie if you're just going to throw them off to the side and, and have it be the hijinks of a brand new baby that ends up saving the day. You no, know, that's, that. that's probably the part towards the end where it's just, Oh, it's a bunch of, and I know that's how things kind of work out sometimes in, in the Adams family, but it's kind of like, Oh, so it was a bunch of dumb luck that just saved everybody. And, 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 and I know that's part of the thing too, but I'm like, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't connect with the idea of we got to have this baby. Cause that's going to bring a great dynamic to the movie. I'm watching the whole thing going, this just makes me want to watch the first one. It's not that I'm not enjoying this movie. I can still watch it and enjoy it, but I'm like, there were very few moments. I remember watching the first one, even as an adult, just a, just a, a couple of years ago, and I remember laughing out loud in several of the scenes in that movie. In this movie, there was maybe a moment or two where I chuckled out loud, and even at that, it might have been a bit of a strained chuckle, and one time it might have been that I was just choking on a little piece of popcorn, But, you know, for the most part, I did not have the same laugh out loud moments that I had when I watched the first one. But, yeah, I know. Was this for anybody? Was this the first time watching this movie?
1: I saw it. I think I saw it when it came out on the heels of the original from this cast. I mean, you wanted to see it. It was exciting.
2: Well, and I feel like I remember that a lot of the. I feel like a lot of the advertising for this movie was pretty much the same as it was for the first movie. Like, I don't feel like they... I'm trying to remember the advertising in this movie, and I and I read a couple of things, too, about the advertising, and it was I, the different ads and the merchandising and the, the some of the other stuff didn't really play up that there was anything different. Like, a lot of the trailers and a lot of the TV spots and things like that pretty much just played up some of the Wednesday-isms or played up some of the other stuff that would have been similar to what you saw in the first movie. So it might've been that audience were audiences were looking at it going. I think we kind of already saw this one. Like, I, do we really need to go see this? Is there anything different in the second one? Is there anything better in the second one? And I feel like I had read a couple things that that was part of one of the criticisms of the marketing of the movie was, well, they didn't really do anything to push that there was something new and different about this Adams family movie, that it was just more of the same.
0: Well, and I think you hit it on the head is it, it leans into the zany and the silly, which kind of wears, can wear a little bit thin. The pacing of it keeps it moving. Like there, were, I, you really don't get time to, I mean, it's only an hour and a half long. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I, anytime for my thing, anytime there was like, okay, this is a little zany or the baby's doing the other, You were kind of like, at least for me, I was kind of like, oh, okay, we're on to the next. And you get this great scene with Angelica Houston and Raul Julia or one of the characters that kind of helped it along. That being said, I hear what you're saying is that they really didn't let the strong parts of the movie, like you said, an excellent villain excellent portrayals of the Adams family by all those actors that could have been the focus whereas I think it just leaned a little bit too much into as I said the zany. The Wednesdayisms took center stage and I I it would have been fun to, like I said, see even more of that. What we kind of do in now in the Wednesday TV show, I think they took that and just elevated that. And I think that was one of the things like, so you get little hints of it in the movie and it's like, oh, I want to see more. Oh, wait, I've got the Wednesday series that I can go watch. It's just, I, I think if there was a little bit less zany and a little bit more Raul Julia and Angelica Houston and Christopher Lloyd and I'm forgetting the actor, other actors' names and actresses, I, I think that it, it would have been less bumps. So for me,
2: yeah. Would you you so you want a little less zany? Would you prefer a little more creepy? Maybe a little more kooky, a little <laughs> more mysterious and spooky. A little more. Uh, a little well, more altogether. I think you got a
0: little. I think it was a little bit too much kooky. Okay. So more mysterious and creepy. Okay. I could always use more Angelica Houston's portrayal of Morticia. I'll leave it at that because that you know okay wow so i think rob was going to say something though you know cuz as i was rambling on
3: yeah oh, i was going to comment you, you mentioned about the, about the pacing that was my biggest complaint the first third okay. of this movie feels like here's a gag we're going to do another setup and gag another setup and gag another setup oh, okay. and gag i yeah. felt like the first third of the movie did not really get to the meat and potatoes of what the story was supposed to be i felt it I was like, okay, they want to kill the kid. Did we need four to five scenes of them attempting to kill the kid before we get to the next step of them finding a nanny? And then even the nanny introduction goes on. I felt like a little bit too long. And then it, and then suddenly Fester shows up and Fester's all this time. I thought it would have been interesting if Fester had interacted with the kids like, oh, I know a great way you could kill him. Let's try this. I mean, Fester was always in with the kids. And, and even at the end of the last movie, he, he's, he he kind of swooped in and was really in with all the kids. And they just completely abandoned that. So, so to me, I didn't feel the pace. I didn't feel like the pacing of the movie really got going until Wednesday and Pugsley went off to camp and Fester and Joan Cusack got married. It, it, it's mm-hmm. like, Things were kind of just, I felt like we were treading water doing a couple of gags here and there until the, the meat of the story actually got going. And, and that mm-hmm. that was a little bit frustrating because I felt the pacing of the first one, it had all those gags, but the story was moving. The story was moving the entire time. Mm-hmm. This time I felt like they wanted to do, they had a bunch of ideas and they crammed them into scenes in the in the in the first part of the movie, and it just kind of just stalled for me.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, in, in no, and the Adams family being a originally being a comic that are you know sketches and and comic strips that it kind of felt like that. It's like you were watching a series of comic strips play out in the first part of the movie. The other thing, what <laughs> you were saying it just now, and it made me think about it. The other thing that I think would have helped me a little bit more is I really enjoyed in the first movie. The it's called the Adams Family, and the movie is called The Addams Family Values. What I enjoyed about the first movie is the family relationship between Uncle Fester and Gomez and just, just the whole family dynamic of it all. You've you've now separated the family. You've kind of sent them all, all off in different directions. And when Fester really, really wants to get married, it seems like what I would have liked to have been was. And he makes some comments here and there. He's like, I want what you and Morticia have. I want you But it's almost more of like a creepy, lustful, like, I, I just want the creepy parts of it. You know. <laughs> I I've been I've been watching you through keyholes and through the It's that it's just creepy. It's not the well, I see what you have. You have kids that are trying to kill each other. You have this great house. You have this great marriage. You have this great there's little moments here or there, but I don't think it really connects the dots enough to really get that sense of why does Fester want a marriage? Why does he want a relationship? And, and, you know, can he, because he wants that so much, can he just blindly go into this marriage not realizing that his new spouse absolutely wants to kill him? That, I think, is what I would have rather seen, is have it play on the family dynamic. Don't take your major characters and separate them to the point where, like, they never see each other And, you know, they, some of them die before the first of the new trilogy is over. And then another one (laughs) dies in the second movie. (laughs) And then they never, you never get that core group together again, do you? And, and, and so weird that there were only, they was, they said it was a trilogy, but there's only two movies, but yeah, I mean, that's, it was weird that they separated kind of your, your main core. It's the family, but you sent the family all off in different directions and you really never brought back that thread. And I think that's where Mm -hmm. this one kind of falls apart for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you guys have anything else? Anything else you want to say about Adam's family values? Should people go see this movie Or, or should they go check out The first one, should they go check out any of the other versions? There's been, in the years since, there's been an animated version. There's the Wednesday TV series. You can always go back and watch some of the old TV shows that have existed, and there's different iterations of that. You know, if folks have options, which oddly enough we do, where would this one rank in terms of those options? Would you tell somebody to go see this one, or would you point them in a different direction?
3: I would go watch the first Adam's Family movie. If you have, if you've never seen a TV show, you can go back and watch that. It's a little dated. It's still a lot of fun. Go back and watch the first movie, and then jump right to the Netflix series with Wednesday, because Wednesday is absolutely a solid. Even even with a whole different cast, and with the Tim Burton flair, Tim Burton completely captured everything that they had they had done with the first movie and accentuated it and made it, by making Wednesday, the main character and casting a brilliant actress and bringing Christina Ricci back in, mm-hmm. a, in a, in a different role. It's, it's a fun watch. And I think, I think the Wednesday series, I hope it goes on. And I hope the second season is just as good as the first season, but that could be about two or three more years down the road before we see that happen. Yeah. I think those those two, the the first movie and the Wednesday series, have a lot more in common than, sadly, the first movie and its sequel do. They, I just don't think they work really well as companions to each other, as as I think a lot of people were hoping they would.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. What about you, Pat? I think where, where would you point people? I, I was
0: going to say, I think what Rob said. Totally makes all the sense in the world. I I will say I will say if you like the original movie, I think it's worth checking this out. If not for like some incredible story or like we we pointed out some of the issues with it, I think the Joan Cusack is the bad guy, the bad person is definitely worth it. I I really think watching the Raul Julia and Christopher Lloyd angelica houston i think watching all of them christina ricci watching them just just see them bring these roles more to life i i think is worth the worth the price of admission figuratively so i i would say if you were a fan of the original movie definitely check this one out but just understand like we talked about there's going to be things in it where it's like oh okay it didn't seem to hit with as much punch as the first one did so but no i think what rob said in terms of of, you know, where the original, well, I don't know if it's the original show, but the 1960s TV series and where the Wednesday TV series, where that all falls in in play. I think he, I totally agree with him with that
2: as well. Well, what about you? Where are you sending folks?
1: I think it's been said, see the first movie, see Wednesday. This is not, not high on the list of Adam's family stuff. But that all being said, eh, if if you if if you're into the Addams family and you've seen all the episodes of TV and somehow you missed this, well, at that point you should have seen it just because. But it's definitely not a point with television. Yeah.
2: If you want to see Christina Ricci being Wednesday. Watch, right. Watch this movie. That's, a good, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I will just I will spin my clay pottery wheel and just say ditto to everything you guys have said. Just make it as awkward as possible. I see your face, Pat, and I I raise you a no.
0: (laughs) Who's that sitting behind you, John? What's going on there, buddy? It's
2: it's Dennis. It's why he didn't show up tonight. (laughs) Hey, now. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. It is time for three questions.
1: He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions.
3: for
2: having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Three questions. Question number one, who is your favorite femme fatale in literature, TV, or film? I'll go first. Yeah, go for it.
3: For me, there's there's two in film, and I I could not pick one over the other. Alex Forrest from Fatal Attraction, Glenn Close. Mm Mm-hmm. And Michelle Pfeiffer, Selena Kyle from Batman Returns Mm. could, cannot, cannot, I could not think of anybody else out of, out of those that I would, that I would, I think is the perfect femme fatale in literature. It has to, the, the, the crown has to go to Lady Macbeth. Mm -hmm. Mm. Good one.
2: Those are my answers. Yeah. Those are good. Pat, what have you got?
0: I might cede my time to the man in the Millennium Falcon. I think Bo was about to answer, <laughs> okay, so yeah, go for you go it, Bo. ahead because I'm still trying to decide.
2: Pat has some processing to do.
1: I definitely thought of the Catwoman that we've seen over the years. She's a good one, but one that popped into my head just because some of the scenes of her orchestrating the downfall of everyone—it's always been something that's impressed me—is Sarah Michelle Gellar's character from Cruel Intentions. I do not remember the character's name off the top of my head, but that doesn't matter at this point, just that whole thing, you know, and the way they set up that character and the way she manipulates everybody is just spot on. It's good stuff, bad
3: stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's late. Yeah. Catherine Mertul.
1: That's it. Mm -hmm. So
0: I, I, I looked up on the Google. Okay. Femme Fatale. Then I looked up what, okay, top 25 femme fatale. Okay, okay. So I had an idea of what this exactly was. Because every time I'd be like, oh, I'm going to say this is my answer. Not really a femme fatale. Okay, well, all right. Let me see. I'll go back. and So I really, really struggled with this one. I don't even know if I got it right. But I did not want to come in and reject your question. (laughs) You know, first thing, we got a guest here. And the first thing I do is reject the question. Sure. You know, you mentioned all, uh, you talked about the wonderful Work that Michelle Pfeiffer did as Catwoman, mm-hmm. uh, and then Bo, you you broaden that to all of the Catwomen and all that kind of thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that actually, The Dark Knight Rises, the. Okay, why am I drawing a blank? Anne Hathaway, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Anne Hathaway portrayal. You know, Rob mentioned the, the wonderfully talented Michelle Pfeiffer, so I'm gonna say the Anne Hathaway character. I it. And I don't mean this in a salacious way, but I found just I could not whenever she was on screen, I could not stop watching her, whether it was just seeing how she would manipulate the situations. And here's spoilers for Dark Knight Rises. But I mean, when she first meets Bruce Wayne and how quickly she just turns the turns the tables on him or when she's trying to escape or whatever, and how quickly she goes from in control of the situation to pretending to be like the screaming victim to be, I, I just, I found her portrayal of Catwoman. I just so much enjoyed it. I will say that I almost think that there were two in that movie, because as I got thinking about it, and I'm going to forget the other one's name, but the one that was Ra's Ghul, Okay, again, spoilers. Sorry if you guys have... But Ra's al Ghul's daughter, I thought that was just so well done and very much enjoyed that. So I would just say most of the women in The Dark Knight Rises. Nice. I have an honorable mention too, but I'll let John go first.
2: Okay. All right. So, yeah, same thing. I, I was trying to like make up a a quick list of, and actually, Pat, I, I had one that I thought you were going to pick, and so I was a little surprised you okay. didn't. But maybe that's your honorable mention. So maybe I'll just wait until you say what your honorable mention is. Okay. Was your honorable mm. mention from a Bond movie?
0: No, actually, oh, okay. uh, this uh, the, uh, my honorable mention was going to be Madeline Kahn and Clue. I, ah. Like, oh, okay. I, she is incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. Um, Flames on the side <laughs> of my
1: face. <base. laughs>
0: And I mean, I, I recently watched Clue with my family, and I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but Daniela's favorite character was Miss Scarlet <laughs> by Madeline Kahn. And so Daniela's walking around, and she doesn't, my daughter is 10, right. doesn't maybe fully understand this line, but how many men have you had, married or not? You know, it's just <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, is quoting this, and it is it is, it is, it is, she is such a talented, talented talented lady just the incomparable madeline Kahn. and i'm i'm reading mel brooks memoir his autobiography and he Mm -hmm. just talks about her and all the wonderful work she did in in his movies and so so that was the that was going to be my honorable mention because i mean that she is pretty darn good and whatever she does but especially that role is a i believe a femme fatale with miss scarlet so
2: yeah pat if i can give you a word of advice maybe don't turn your back on your daughter yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, I know that
0: and one, man. I know that one.
2: How did the foot injury occur in one of the children tonight? Was that, is, is it related <laughs> in any way? Yeah, it's, that's right. Yeah. The one I thought you were going to pick, I, I almost thought you were going to go a little Emka Jansen from Goldeneye. That's yeah. Kinda, that's yeah that was I definitely to uh, Yeah.
0: She was definitely an interesting character. Yeah. Especially my age when that movie came out, it was like, Oh my goodness. Okay.
2: Well, and So a, this is a thing. And along those lines, my honorable mention is, and I'm forgetting what her character's name is, but N- Natasha Henstridge and Species.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That, so
2: Yes, 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 thank you. Yeah, that, that would have been around that same time, and for very similar reasons. That would have been mm-hmm. my answer at that point. I am actually in honor of my dad. I'm going to give the answer that my dad would have given, and that is the character that he affectionately refers to from the 8th Star Trek movie, Betty Borg. And oh. I'm going to go with the Borg Queen. Good. Because Goodness, sir. That, was the, that was the running gag with my dad was we went to go see that movie and all he did when he came home was he would not stop talking to my mom about how hot Betty Borg was. <laughs> <laughs> huh? And yep. that just that kind of became a running thing like through, throughout the rest of the time since that movie came out. Anytime that movie would come on TV, he's like, oh, Betty Borg. <laughs> I got to watch this one. <laughs> All right. Your dad has an HR
3: gear fetish.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, either. Yeah. I guess it doesn't, I don't fall far from the tree then. (laughs) All right. Second question. What is the most interesting slash unique slash bizarre medieval torture device? And I did say medieval, but I, I guess you can go any time period you want. So my first thought was the
1: rack because Oh my god, ow. But then because I'm a curious man
2: <laughs> When you when you look at them, do you go, that's a nice one?
1: <laughs> I I looked at the Google and then I learned of one I'd never heard of before. Oh. And well <laughs> ah. it was called the Judas Cradle or the Judas oh, Chair. Oh. Uh-huh. I think Rob may know <laughs> what this is. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. I had never heard of such a device. Mm.
3: I would not call it a favorite.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Holy
1: mackerel. Mm -hmm. So that's what I have for you today. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. Patrick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Favorite medieval toy. I suppose if I do the running gag of the movie Pearl Harbor, I, I, I should probably let that one go, right?
2: No, if you want that uh, to be your torture device, that's fine. Yeah, it causes so, it causes he, you great pain. He, so, what was that? I said it causes you great pain. So, it, oh yeah, you no. Know, the so the, I started
0: research, I looking around, and then spending way too much time reading up about different forms of torture. But so you're the, on a list now, is what you're saying? So I'm yeah. on a list right now. I got my top ten ways, you know, to torture, which, ironically enough, coincides with school starting back up and. All that kind of stuff. But seriously, the only thing that came in mind was that scene in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure when the guy was like, put them in the Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. Like, Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> so yeah. just by awesome band name recognition, I've got to say the Iron Maiden.
3: Nice. That's mine as well. Iron Maiden. Oh,
0: I, Rob, I, we should have let you go first, man. I just
1: stepped on your, oh. on the moment. Oh. That well, no, just means it's a daily double. Pew, pew, daily
2: actually, double. pew, pew, pew. Uh, actually, <laughs> actually right. it's, a, it's a hat trick because that was mine too. <laughs> oh, nice. There you, go. there you go. My honor, I don't know if you can call any of these honorable mention. My honorable mention actually would have been the torture chair from the the scene in Casino Royale. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A, yeah. a little rough. Yeah. 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 yeah.
3: Well, Bo kind of got just a little bit closer there. That's all right.
2: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. All right. Moving very quickly on number three. If you had to live in the same house with a supernatural TV family, would you choose the Adams family, the Stevens family from Bewitched, Major Nelson and Jeannie from I Dream of Jeannie or the Munsters? And actually, if there's one that I left out, you can feel free to throw anybody else in there as well. I, my, my answer on this one, I think I just for safety of my life, I think I might choose the Stevens family from Bewitched. Mm. I feel like if I go Adams family or Munsters, I'm probably going to end up dead or burned or I don't know, something. You're um,
1: definitely taking your life into your own hands e- in that
2: case. Right, right. I mean, they would be the more interesting of the families to stay with, but I'm not sure that I would come out of that unscathed. I feel like Jeannie was always very unpredictable, and if you weren't Major Nelson, things did not work out well for you in mm-hmm, that show. Mm-hmm. I feel like the safest, as long as no aunts or uncles have come by, I feel like the Stevens family might be the safest.
1: Well, mm-hmm. and if you look a little like a husband and your name is Dick, they might just slide you in the role, and you'll be fine. That's true. That's true.
0: And it wasn't it wasn't it always her mother in law or his mother in law would show up. Yes. And that- that was her, her mother, her mother, yeah. Yeah, her mother her, was, mother, her
3: mother, her mother was the biggest problem. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I jumped ahead of Rob last time. So Rob, what's, what would your yeah. take be?
3: Could I live with Jeannie in the bottle? See
0: well, now you're go. thinking
3: like I was thinking. <laughs> oh, there you go. No, I, honestly, I I'd have to say the monsters, the, the, as, as weird and as dysfunctional as, as their house was, it wasn't as dangerous as the Adams family home. And I, I do think as far as a more normal nuclear family, mm-hmm. I, I think th- they were a the safer bet. So the monsters.
0: And didn't the monsters, didn't they have a, a, a niece or something that lived with them that was supposed to be like oh, yeah. in the new Wednesday TV series they call a normie? I know I'm mixing my metaphors and series, but wasn't the niece kind of like Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Okay. You're you're mixing your metaphors and Cheers characters.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs>
2: right. That's right. All right. So, yeah, Pat, what have you got? Who are you staying with?
0: Well, I, I you know what? It's funny. Everything that everything that has been said here, I'm totally in line with. I was racking my brain for another
2: supernatural family.
0: Oh, don't say, don't say say rack
2: or don't say rack around though.
0: Yeah, that's, that's right. I was trying to say like another, another supernatural family that would be fun to stay with. Now, I, I, there's not much like necessarily come to mind, but again, for all the same things, like, I think the Adams family would be fun. I think the Munsters would be fun. I think, but I think like Bewitched might be kind of the safest bet, right? So yeah, I I really have, I have nothing to offer, but I'll let Bo talk a little bit and see if I can think of another like supernatural family that I'm sure is right on the tip of my tongue and I'm just not thinking of it.
2: Well, well, we already know Bo is leaning towards pulling a Christina Aguilera and doing the genie in the bottle thing.
1: (laughs) I was originally thinking Major Nelson and genie because you can spend some time in the lamp which could be cool. That thing looked comfy. Then uh-huh. there's the odd chance you could end up on a trip with Major Nelson into space, which could be cool. That's true. cool. <laughs> there's the whole, he's at work all day, she's at home. If you were crashing, you get in all sorts of hijinks, and he would end have nothing to do with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's here's, where I was at.
2: Here's here's some headcanon I want to throw past you and, and see, see what anybody else thinks about it. So he's an astronaut right? Mm -hmm. Goes up in the space. Is it possible that Jeannie was a time Lord? And that that was her TARDIS. (laughs) I kind of, I don't know. I, I, one of the last times I was watching one of those episodes, I'm like, Oh, it's bigger on the inside than it. (gasps) She's a time Lord. Dear God. (laughs) He's figured it out. She just bops her head and everything goes all timey wimey. Timey wimey. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I think if I was going to add
0: a family in, it might be like one of the Harry Potter families. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Mm-hmm. I think I'd, I'd probably pull in like the Harry Potter, but I don't know if that's within, I don't know if that's within the construct of the question. Sure. You know it what I'm be. saying?
2: I, I, if I was going to live with a family in the Harry Potter world, it'd probably be the Weasleys.
0: Yeah. The Weasleys. Are Most of the other family. families
2: don't seem and, to work so well in that world. Say again. I most of the other families don't seem to work so well in that world.
0: Well, again, with, with spoilers with that whole thing, but uh, yeah, I think that that one because that's well. I, then we get into the Harry Potter discussion, but yeah. that's the only one, the other one that I could think of. It would would there be another family? But yeah, yeah, nothing else has come to mind.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that does it for this one. Thank you guys so much for being here with me for this one. Thank you, Rob, for being here with us again. We just we always enjoy it so much when you're on with us, and so we were glad to we we had you on to talk crawl for our Patreon episode, and we were able to get a, a, a daily double for having you on here as well for <laughs> Adam's family. Value, so thank you for the sound <laughs> effect, Rob. But yeah, so so glad to have you on here.
3: Thank you for having me. And again, if anybody is listening to this. It, it is worth just a couple of shekels to keep this podcast going. I mean, if you listen to it as, as much as I do, I look forward to every Wednesday when the new episode drops. You know, that's what that's what it usually drops around my lunch break. And that's first thing I do is I make sure I get the episode downloaded so I can start listening to it on my lunch break and then listen to it later on in the evening and finish it up. I enjoy it. I enjoy you guys so much. So I, I'm happy to I'm happy to just come on here occasionally and t- and talk shop with you guys. And probably next time we'll be in about a, a month or two when yes. horror season ramps up, and we'll see what's going
2: on then. Oh yes, <laughs> Pat's favorite time of year.
3: Right, that's right. Hey,
0: thanks so much for your kind words, man. And thank you for being you. It's really you're an awesome guy. It's great to call you a friend and be able to talk movies with you.
3: Thank you. Yeah. And
0: absolutely. I'm happy to say that through the benefits of this podcast, I look forward to horror month.
2: <laughs> <We've>, <laughs> Pat, you're learning four
0: or five years ago. I didn't know anything about camera angles and all that technical stuff. And I was scared to death of horror movies. So there you go.
2: There you go. So if, Hey, you know what? If, if I can change and you can change, even Pat can change.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. <clears throat>
2: Yeah. Well, really, really quickly, this this is actually finishing off the month of August for us. The next couple of months, if you want to hear about Horror Month, give me about 10 seconds. In September, it is our month of secrets, and we've got Rising Sun, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Schindler's List, because those all go together. And then our Patreon episodes for next month are Return of the Jedi from 1983, Scarface, from 1983 and somewhere tomorrow from 1983. Uh, those will be those two Scarface and somewhere tomorrow will be the Patreon shorts for that month. And then October is our horror month. Regular episodes in October are fire in the sky, hocus pocus, needful things, judgment night and leprechaun. And then our Patreon episodes for October are Something Wicked This Way Comes from 1983. And we've got the Patreon shorts are It Started in 93. We'll talk briefly about The Adventures of Briscoe County, Jr. This started in 1993. And the Patreon short It Ended in 93. We'll be talking about Cheers, which ended its run in 1993. So we have got all kinds of good stuff coming up. Once again, thank you guys. Looking forward to the next time we're on here together. And Rob, I'm sure, again, we will see you, I would imagine, in the month of October. We'll be seeing you pretty soon. Absolutely. Thank you, guys.
3: Thank you, Rob.
2: Thank you, everybody. That's it for this episode of the 30-Something Movie Podcast. Make sure you head over to our website, 30podcast.com, where you can find all the different ways you can interact with the show. Leave us a voicemail, a rating. You can join us on Patreon and get bonus content. There are some great ways to interact with us as the hosts and to find all of our past episodes, 30podcast.com. We've got some great episodes coming up for the rest of this month and in the near future. So make sure that you check out our different social media feeds to see what we've got coming out soon. Everybody, thank you so much as always for joining us. Be excellent to each other and go watch some good movies. We'll See you back here next time.